Welcome back to Sustaining Craft, the podcast all about the triumphs, struggles, and advice of those in a creative business. wanted to welcome Suzanne Godbold of Three Best Bakery. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being willing to be interviewed. Um, what do you do? I co-own a bakery named Three Best Bakery. We are a home-based bakery and we do all sorts of custom goodies for really anyone. <laughs> Great. And you're based in Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas, yeah. We really um, try to serve Little Rock, surrounding areas, Benton Bryant, everywhere so okay um where does the name come from so when we first started it was me and my two best friends we um are longtime friends we went to college together and we were pledging our sorority together so we've been friends for a long time and then in um, 2016 we all had baby girls that were about to turn one all had full-time jobs. We were really busy and um, we were trying to come up with something that we could do together that would kind of force us to spend time together because our friendship, we were just kind of busy with life and everything. And so we were brainstorming about what we all like to do, what we could do together, what would be fun. And that's how the bakery was born. We um, all kind of grew up baking or cooking or being crafty and so it just kind of was a good fit and we just decided to kind of go for it and Chelsea who's one of our owners um her mom was our first customer and so that was kind of the jumping point and yeah what was the first thing that you baked we started off only doing cookies um at that time there weren't a lot of bakeries that were doing just decorated sugar cookies. So we thought that that was kind of a good niche to go into. Um, and so we really stuck with that. We didn't want to be just another place that just made cupcakes or whatever. And so we really tried to um, focus all of our attention and learning on sugar cookies and how to decorate them and, um, and grow. So that's what we started with. Great. Um, and so you had mentioned um, before we started recording, too, that you had started with um, you kind of split your duties with the bakery. Right. So you handle marketing and you're still baking. How, do, how does that work? Yes. So um, when our third owner moved to Florida, then it was down to two of us. And so uh, at the beginning, we tried to equally separate things. One person would bake, one person would decorate kind of back and forth. And that just really, it wasn't a very good workflow. We don't live in the same home. So trying to do baking in one home, decorating in another home, it was just, it was too much. So I took over all the baking and decorating. It was kind of an easy transition because I was doing most of it when our third owner left anyways. And Chelsea, who is my partner, she has a business degree. She works in banking software. So she's really good with the numbers and the finance and everything. So it was kind of just an easy, an easy split. So I do baking, decorating, social media, marketing, um, and then some website stuff as well. Okay. And you also travel 
for the business? I know the first time we tried to schedule, you were in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so that was kind of for fun. Um, I don't, I don't travel too, too much. Um, I had never taken a cookie decorating class. So that's a big thing that um, people offer who do similar things that we do is they offer cookie decorating classes for other people to learn, see how hard it is, stuff like that. Um, and I'm completely self-taught. So I've been doing this for two years now and I've never taken a course. And one of the cookiers who is in Dallas, well, McKinney, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, she and I have become Instagram friends. And so I just kind of took a day to go down there, take a class from her and go shopping. That's fun. Yeah. Did you learn some things? I did. I did. And it was fun to go and take a class and work on cookies. When I wasn't working on an order, I didn't have to make sure I was absolutely perfect. And it was, it was enjoyable. It made me remember why I do this and take a breather. So well, and talk to me a little bit about the technical side of baking. Um, you are self-taught. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. I think when you grow up doing it, it can be a little more intuitive, but there's sure. a lot of chemistry and measurements and precision to it. Yeah. Um, so, and and that's also one of the reasons that I really like it. Um, I went to college at UAMS, the, the medical school, and I have a degree in respiratory therapy. So, and I worked as a clinical respiratory therapist for about six years before I decided to stay home with my kids. So I have a, a kind of a technical background and I like that kind of thing. When I first started baking though, I was not good at it. Um, I could never get the measurements right. <laughs> um, that's kind of why Chelsea took over baking at the beginning. Cause I wasn't very, I wasn't precise enough. And then one of the things that I learned was that, People in Europe, people outside of the United States, they don't actually use measuring cups. Hmm. They weigh all of their ingredients just because then you get the same weight every time. So if you have flour and you're trying to measure flour, it could be, it could have more air in it. So it could be fluffier. And so if you're just putting that into a measuring cup, you may have less, you may have more, you may have different. It, it's just different every time when you do it that way. So then I decided to be super precise one time and I was super precise, measured it the, the right way. And then I dumped it into a bowl and, and weighed it. And so I kind of started converting all of my recipes over to a weight-based recipe instead of a uh, cups or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now it really is down to the science. I know the weights that I need. You know, I know that I need 200 grams of sugar every time I do a batch of cookie dough. So that's what I get. And it's quicker that way. Um, and it's more precise than I get the same results every time. That sounds great. And that actually touches on something I want to talk a little bit about. I think for myself personally, I think other people probably feel this way too. We kind of get discouraged if we don't do something perfectly right away. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, but you decided to, to really become good at it and you practiced and you figured out what worked for you. And I think that's across the board in creative or other things. We need to take the time to figure something out instead of just getting frustrated. We don't know it right away. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, that can be with really anything, you know, looking back now at our very first cookies mm -hmm. that we made, no, they were not fantastic. They, I mean, they were good. They were better than some, but um, it, it's definitely 
it's definitely a growing process. And um, I would say that we spent our first year tweaking our sugar cookie recipe. It wasn't perfect. And we really wanted it to be something that one looks pretty, but if you're going to spend the money that we charge on a sugar cookie, you want it to taste good too, because at the end of the day, it's still a cookie um, or it's still a cake. And so, you know, we wanted to get like that perfect sugar cookie recipe down. And so we just kind of tweaked and tweaked until we were happy. And that's what we have now. So. And do you mind talking a little bit about how you price out your cookies? Cause you have to look at your ingredients, your time. Yeah. So it really, um, like you said, the ingredients, um, people kind of are surprised how expensive butter and vanilla are. Uh, vanilla is super expensive. There's a big long reason why it is Madagascar. It, it, it's a whole thing, um, but it's really expensive. Um, and then we do put a, a lot of time, a lot of time into this. Um, so we pretty much have three price ranges for our cookies, a basic kind of cookie where there's really not a whole lot of detail on top and then a detailed and then an elaborate. So between detailed and elaborate, the prices do jump up because we can do things like we can put gold on top. We can do a lot of handwriting. We can do lace details, intricate details, anything like that, that it really takes a lot of time and practice. I mean, I've, I've put in countless hours just practicing cookies. In fact, one of the trays that I have in there is just cookies that I've baked that are really old and not for eating, but I just have them there so that when I need to practice something, I have something available that I can practice it really quick. Anyway, so that's kind of how we price out our cookies. And are you from the Little Rock area? I'm not. Okay. Uh, so I was actually born in California, and then my parents moved us to Colorado. I grew up in Colorado in Fort Collins, and I lived there until I was graduated from high school. And my parents actually moved to Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, about five days after I graduated high school. And that was actually fun too, because I, I gave you my phone number and you're like, is that a Colorado <laughs> area code? Yes, that was, was like, my area code forever. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> actually, I lived in Durango, Colorado in the southwestern part of the state for five years, um, from 2010 to 2000, the end of t- 2015. Wow. And, yeah, and my some very good friends that were neighbors of mine for a time were actually from Fort Collins. Oh, that range. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I really enjoyed growing up there. It was a wonderful experience and I really liked the idea of no winter. Uh, no winter here is yeah. real great. We have like a week of winter um, and I'm not a huge snow person. So. <laughs> and you get snow on the front range. You get <laughs> for sure. From a, uh, we always joked that Halloween was always like the first snow. Yeah. We would always have to plan our costumes around snow gear. So yeah. And then when I moved here and went to college, then I met my husband and so, and I love it here. I honestly like it here more than I like liked living in Colorado. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. Well, bring it back to cookies sure. and business and partnerships. Um, so it was interesting to me to the idea that you started with this and friends, because yeah. I think typically 
people, sometimes I'll have a business partner, but very often people do it on their own. What have been some of the benefits of having your friends um, be part of the business with you? Uh, it's It's been great. Uh, we are a huge support system for each other. Um, and we're all in the same stage of life, which really helps. We all have empathy for each other. We know, you know, we all have girls that are turning three or have turned three and two of us have older kids. And so it's, it's really been, it's been nice to have that support system and that we, we created our support system long before we had our business. And so that, you know, that really helps when I'm up until midnight decorating and so tired and I can text Chelsea and be like, Oh, this is so crazy. And she can, you know, she can lift me back up and talk me through it and be like, yeah, girl, but we chose to do this. So (laughs) keep on keeping on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great that those are some of the benefits. Um, What have been some of the challenges that you've had to work through? So (laughs) I think it's the same thing that we're really comfortable with each other. And so we, you know, we're brutally honest with with each other and um, it's, that is sometimes hard. It can be discouraging when you think you have a great idea and your friend's like, and no, no, that's not so great. Uh, you need to <laughs> take it back in. I'm always kind of like, I want to have a, the biggest, best new equipment and I want to have custom sprinkles made. And, you know, Chelsea can be like, lady, we don't make that much money. Like, come on. But really for us, the, the benefits have really outweighed the, the negative aspects of owning it with our friends. Um, and I know that a lot of people don't have that experience or that it ends poorly, but I think just the the foundation that we had and the years of friendship that we had really help to support this. So that's great. Yeah. I've heard that from other business owners who were doing it with a spouse, you sure. know, it can, it can really fall apart, but it can also really strengthen that relationship even more. Yeah. And one of the other things that we learned early on, um, and that we really put into practice was that we really have to stay in our strengths, especially right now. Like my strength is decorating and baking and doing the social media and Chelsea's strength is running the business side of things and doing the taxes. And if I tried to do the business side of things on top of everything and tried to encroach on her territory, I mean, it, everything would fall apart. I would not run a successful business if I didn't have her and her strengths running that side. And same with her, like she doesn't enjoy the decorating as much as I do. She doesn't, you know, she is very social media shy. She doesn't like to be on any social media. So you hardly ever see her. But for me, that's something that I like and it's a strong point for me. And so I think that does help too, is that we, we both stick to what we're good at. That's a good point too, of how much goes into a business. And I don't know if people understand that a conversation that's been coming up and I'm going to write an article on it actually for a local magazine is the price of local. Yeah. So you look at that local costs more very often and it can be confusing because it's not getting shipped from elsewhere. It's getting made right here. The ingredients are being sourced right here. Why does it cost more? Mm-hmm. But you have to look at everything else that's going into it. You know, a much larger company like Walmart making their cookies, it's a different thing than a home baker or a local bakery making their cookies. Yeah. It's everything else. You're not just paying for the ingredients. You're, you're looking at your time. You're looking at the cost of, you know, accounting and marketing. Like all of that gets 
wound up in this cookie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when we first started marketing, it, it was a little bit of a struggle trying to find who our customer is, who would appreciate what we do, who's looking for what we are offering, because we're not trying to compete with Walmart. We're not even trying to compete with some of the other local storefront bakeries. You know, you can't call me up on a Tuesday morning and say, hey, can I have three dozen decorated cookies by this afternoon? It's not going to happen because I need at least three days. Um, so it, it took a little bit, but once we really found kind of our customer base who understands us, they understand what we put into it. They know that I'm a stay at home mom and that I do this from 8 PM until midnight or sometimes later during the week, they, they appreciate our work and are willing to pay for, for what we're offering. I think that's really important if you're looking to start a business like this is that, One, if you're not making money, it's a hobby. It's not a business. And two, just to know your worth and not to undercut yourself. Because it's, then again, then it's a hobby and it's not a business. That's true. So it did take a little time for you to find your customer base. But once you found them, I imagine the response was was pretty good. How did, how were your cookies received? Yeah, um, it's been, it's been wonderful. Once people kind of try our cookies, we have lots of repeat customers. They come back to us for all of their special occasions, which is, it's just, it makes my heart so happy because, you know, we're able to give them what they're looking for. You know, lots of women have this, Pinterest worthy mind and they want their parties to be color coordinated. And unfortunately I don't have that in my body, (laughs) but it's fun that we can provide that and we can help people plan this perfect event or party, or even just the perfect little treat for their grandkid or, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's been really wonderful. Your Instagram is super fun to look at. And I noticed you you have like those really fun cookies you can paint. So kids can like paint their own cookies and things like that. Um, What is your top cookie seller? Hmm. Usually we do a lot of sets. So we don't do a ton of individual cookie sales unless we're out at the farmer's market or for holiday specials. And the farmer's market is? We sell at me and Mickey market up in North Little Rock. It is wonderful. And the family that owns it has just, we've been totally blessed by it because they've just totally embraced us and I love it. (laughs) And I love going out there. It's a family atmosphere and the kids go play in the playground and it's fun. So, so we do individual cookie sales there, but then other than that holiday specials, we do um, individual sales, but so we usually sell by the dozen and a lot of people wonder why. And it's because that's how many cookies I can make out of one batch of dough. And I prefer not to freeze leftover dough. Um, I think that our cookies are best when they're fresh. So I don't like to have a bunch of dough just sitting in the freezer waiting to be used. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of baby showers, wedding showers, stuff like that, even birthdays. That's really kind of the main three main themes that, that we do the most of. Well, for someone who's considering um, doing something like this, maybe starting a bakery, um, and are cookies the only thing you do? No. So we do offer cupcakes and cakes and cookie cakes and kind of all sorts of things that we have. We like to be 
a one-stop shop for people. So if you want cookies and cupcakes and a cake for your event, that's awesome. We would love to provide it for you. A lot of people that we know already have people who make cakes for them who, you know, they support and they, they support their business and, and we're totally fine with that, but we like to be that one-stop shop for people who need it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, for someone looking to do something similar, um, whether it's cookies or cakes or just baking in general, do you have advice for someone who maybe wants to give it a shot? Practice and practice and practice some more. And for me, one of the biggest part for us is the taste. So your product has to taste good or else you can't stay in business. So I think that finding a good recipe, a recipe that is your own and not somebody else's recipe, that's also very important. Um, Somebody who has offered to share their recipe is very kind, but you can't make money off of someone else's idea. So taking a recipe and really tweaking it and making it your own and and then spending a lot of time practicing decorating. You know, there's lots of different kinds of icing that you can make. You know, there's different colors, there's different techniques that you can use. And so really finding what you like to do what you're good at. If you have a natural, natural talent, it'll come out and then you can just perfect it. And then for us, it was getting cookies to people who we thought were our customers, finding out who that person is and getting it in front of them. So the people that shop at the farmer's market that we sell at, they love local, they love local artisans. They buy the local honey, they buy the local kombucha, they buy, you know, they buy the things that are made by people in their community. So to get our cookies there and people to try them, then that leads to further business because then they try our cookies and want to, you know, buy more. And so I think that that's really the key is to think about brainstorm who, who your customer group is and get your product to them. And if you have to do it for free, well, you're still doing it as a hobby and you're practicing and you're getting better. Great. Because even if you do practice, who are you? You can't eat all those. I mean, you can eat all those cookies, but you might regret it. <laughs> you might regret it. And you could be giving them out of samples and saying, hey, taste this. Tell me what you think. What do you, what do you like in a cookie? Do you like a soft cookie or a crunchy cookie or whatever? So I, I think that that feedback when you're still in the growing stage or the hobby stage is really important. And you mentioned the market. Are there other places you take your cookies to sell? No, no. We really just sell there. I stay very busy with custom orders. So I would say that I am a full-time mom and a part-time baker. So I really, I really try to respect my family time and I try not to go overboard. I would love to do way more business, but I really try to limit it. There's only so many nights I can stay up till 2.30 and still be a good mom. So still be able to function. <laughs> right, right. Like not get mad at the children. Right. So that's kind of my my thing. I do, we try to keep cookies out at the farmer's market, but I stay really busy with just custom orders. So, And what are your goals for Three Best Bakery moving forward? We... Excuse me. So our goal right now is to move into a commercial space, um, into a commercial kitchen. One of the biggest things 
that people don't really understand about baking at home is that we are under the cottage food laws here in Arkansas, which are actually really wonderful. Um, they give home bakers the ability to sell their, their goods that they've made, but there are some restrictions. We can't ship. We can't sell in, um, in retail locations. So I couldn't supply any coffee shops or anything like that with cookies for them to then resell. So one of the benefits of moving into a commercial kitchen would be that it would open up a lot more opportunities and venues to sell things like that. So that is kind of our first big goal that we have. And then we like to eventually open a, a storefront. Um, we've kind of been watching the market. There's really a lot of bakeries that have storefronts, especially in Little Rock. And so would it be feasible? Would it be profitable? We don't want to open a storefront and then take all of our success and not have it anymore. So, you know, keeping it small, do we want to grow? It's really kind of up in the air right now. This is the beginning of year three for us. So we still have a little bit of time to, to figure out what we want to do. And we still have little kids too. And I'm now a stay at home mom, but my business partner still has a full-time job that is not in the bakery. So just trying to decide when it's, when it's feasible to move forward, when we want to grow what and what we want to do. So it's kind of all up in the air. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is exciting to have so many options for what you can do. I was actually surprised that Little Rock can sustain so many bakeries and that there's room for everybody. So that's Absolutely. And that was another thing that we learned really early is that there's room in the market for everyone. My customer is not your customer. It, you know, people who love the taste of so-and-so's cookies may not like the taste of our cookies. Everybody's got a different recipe and, you know, and that's okay. And some people don't have the budget for our cookies. And there are people that charge more than us. So there's room in the marketplace for everyone. And I think that people get discouraged. Like there's, there's too many people that do what I want to do already. But I think you just have to have trust that, if you have a good product that you believe in, in your story, people are going to to follow you and, and support you in that. People people like that kind of thing. So, Yeah, and sharing your story, I think, is a big part of that. Um, and also, this has come up before, too. When you're doing what you love to do, um, creating in a passionate way, I think there's enough room for everybody to have work. So you just mentioned you have like eight to midnight basically to do work. I'm sure there's more cookies you could be making, but you don't have the time. Sure. So what does that look like? You know, if, if you do open a storefront, bringing someone else on or, you know, things there's there, I think there's always enough room for everybody. And the more we can kind of, um, build relationships in that regard. Sure. Um, the better it is instead, yeah. of, instead of a kind of a competitive atmosphere where it's a little more cutthroat. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we've really been trying, there's a couple of us that do cookies here in central Arkansas that have been trying to grow a community. And, you know, there's new people popping up all the time that are doing cookies and, and I, I don't want it to be a competitive atmosphere. I, I, because I just think that there's room. Like we don't want to kick anyone out. We don't want anyone to feel marginalized because I have more Instagram followers or, you know, there's people in Little Rock that have way more Instagram followers. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on um, that I had to learn is that we don't get customers from Instagram. 
we don't get customers from Facebook. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I was trying to do paid ads and do all these things, trying to market on Facebook and market. And that really doesn't sell for this, for this market. Like we, most of my customers are not people that found me just on Facebook. It was word of mouth or they, they tried our cookies at someone's event and got our name or stuff like that. So once I, once I figured that out, it took a lot of the stress off of social media. Social media is really just fun and it's a fun place to showcase our, our art and our products and meet people and actually be social, which is what social media is for. It's not just a selling platform. So I think that was a, a big turning point in, and after I stopped trying to sell my products on Instagram and Facebook, my Instagram following went way up. We've skyrocketed in our followers because it's more of a sharing now instead of a selling. So I think that that's really what people are looking for when they're looking on things like Instagram. So I think that's the beauty of food too, right? When you, whether it's cookies or or something else, you're building community with food. You're building community in that way. And I think it can be really beautiful when you're kind of looking at the relational side. Yeah. Especially like you said, building the community, what's something that a lot of people have in common. We like to eat sweets. We like pretty things. We like, you know, and it kind of takes down any other barrier when it's, you're looking at a cake. I like cake. <laughs> I want to look at more pretty cake. Yes. I want to watch a video of someone decorating a cake. <laughs> I have that in common with a lot of people. <laughs> so I like that. I like that relationship for sure. And everyone brings their own. You mentioned having your own recipe, but I think we also, when in creative business, we bring, you know, our own, our own swing to it, you know, our own style. You know? Absolutely. So the way you decorate a cake isn't the way someone else decorates a cake. Isn't Absolutely. There are similarities. Absolutely. So that's the beauty, I think, of creative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm just so excited. <laughs> so much for willing to, oh uh, yeah, record with me and, and share your story. I really appreciated it. Um, if people do want to find you, order cakes or just look at pretty photos on Instagram, where, do, where, where can they go? So our website is www.threebestbakery.com and all of our ordering goes through our website. And we are at Three Best Bakery on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been Sustaining Craft with Elizabeth Silverstein. It is a project of Human World Writing designed to highlight and encourage those in creative fields. This podcast would not be possible without the artwork of Morgan Elaine, audio editing by Joshua Kurtz, and music by Jim Chiago of Nomad Neighbors. You can find them pretty much every weekend playing around in Denver, and you can find his music under 7 Second Chance on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks, Suzanne, again. Um, and do you have any general business tips you want to share? General business tips. Thinking of going into creative business. Do it scared. Do it scared. Yeah. Even if you think that it's not going to come in, you know, turn into something, just do it. Just try it. I mean, what's the harm? Um, Especially in a creative thing, you can do a lot of trying without a lot of, you know, it's not like you're buying a ton of equipment or anything. If you're going to just, I don't know, just just try it. See what happens. Put a lot of effort into it and see what happens. Great. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Thanks. Mm -hmm.